Hey, what's happening, guys? Uh, new episode of Eastman's Elevated here. So today on the podcast, I have on Clint Casper. Um, Clint's a great guy. He came out and hunted with me for about a week or so for spring bears with his bow. And uh, we, we ended up recording this thing like a couple hours before he had to get on his flight. And, and on his flight, I mean his flight that he moved from the day before to get one more day of bear hunting. Uh, the guy's an absolute nut about uh, archery and about bow hunting and, and hunting out here west. And he comes from the Midwest, and uh, he's super proficient at hunting big whitetails. Um, the guy kills big buck year after year, and, and some of those things are just mind-bending how big they are. But he spends so much time doing it and, and really commits himself to whitetails. And then lately, like I say, he's been taking these adventure hunts out west, and and uh, it's really interesting to hear his point of view, learning it from scratch, um, w- with a good skill set in in bow hunting and a bunch of harvests under his belt. But he's harvested elk and mountain lion and bear, and um, did a muley hunt in Colorado last year. And we talk about muley hunting, and and he's going back this year to Colorado to try to harvest a muley, but. The guy's just a ball of energy and, and a lot like me, so we kind of have a, a really good back and forth and, and just a super interesting guy and, and just loves to bow hunt and uh, really knowledgeable. So you guys will enjoy today's episode. Uh, the sponsor for today's show is Zeiss Optics. Um, just so impressed with Zeiss Optics. I used their binos and their scope last year. Um, they're just so crisp, uh, so bright, and the the colors in them are so vibrant. Um, I'm just amazed. Like I look through my optics, and the colors almost seem brighter than they are in real life, which I know doesn't make any sense. But they um, they just like animals really seem to stick out in them. I I just I can't say enough good things. I've used a bunch of good optics over the years, and, and these Zeiss ones I have are with me on every hunt. Um, I, I'm just super stoked on them and super stoked with what they're putting out. Um, they, they have a new rifle scope out, excuse me. Uh, they're doing, a uh, really good things with their rifle scopes. Um, you know, they just, uh, the, the best in, in picking up light in low light, um, the best in operation, um, just great products. So, uh, thanks to Zeiss for sponsoring the podcast. Um, over there at Eastman's. So we're running those promo codes just constantly right now, uh, just right before hunting season. But we're putting out, we've got our 13th issue, and our 13th issue comes out on the digital platform on, on Eastman's.com. And, and uh, man, I got a really good article in there that I'm really proud of. It's It's all about inside the red zone, like what to do how to prepare yourself for being inside 100 yards on animals with your bow in your hands and and how to keep your cool, execute your shot, when you can move, what you can't. Just little tidbits I've picked up over the years being in bow range from a a lot of different critters. So I'm really proud of that one. But make sure you guys subscribe to the magazine. We've got our promo code for the the podcast, and I really appreciate you guys putting that in there. It just just brings weight to what we're doing here at at the podcast and and our following and, and the guys that like it and and shows Eastman's that uh you know that that we do have some some guys that listen in so uh the the promo code is um elevated 617 put that in I, I believe you can still get a subscription for 20 bucks for both magazines and just a bunch of really good products coming up I know I'm working on the the next issue I've got to get um out a couple different articles for that um, uh, just really excited about the, the, the content in them and, and the projects. And, and like I say, I just pour my heart and soul to try to help the Western hunter. And 
I got this message, um, I think it was yesterday on uh, Instagram or Facebook, and guy telling me how much he liked uh, my writing, and, and I just love to get those. It's so nice and uh, so humbling to get those, but he he said I give away, sometimes he, how did he put it? He put it like, um, sometimes I give away secrets where he says, whoops, I wish he wouldn't have said that, and, and that's a true story. I don't hold anything back, like anything I learn in the Western woods, I share with you guys and, and try to make you guys better and, and try to shorten your learning curve but but anyways make sure you check out Eastman's magazine I'm I'm really proud of my writing in there and I've been evolving it for the last 10 years um, uh, just how to articulate my thoughts and, and articulate to you guys what makes me successful in the mountains and and what works for me so uh, make sure to check that out so um, boy let's get this thing going so it's me and Clint Casper sitting at my house just got finished up with this hunt uh, Eastman's elevated um, here we go all right, I'm here with Clint Casper. Um, Clint just came down. He stayed. He's from Ohio. He's been on the podcast before, and then he came and stayed with me for about eight days. Is that right, Clint? Yep, about eight days. Man, did we have an epic week of hunting. So we saw 10 bears this week. Uh, you ended your season last night 20 yards away from a jet black bear and didn't pull the trigger on him. Yep. Yeah, just a, uh, you know, <clears throat> wasn't a mature boar, and I mean, needs a few years, but uh, yeah, we had him close enough to pretty much see the uh, see the sweat dripping off him, that's for sure. And, uh, <laughs> we had to send it to get to him. I think it was, we figured, maybe two miles, a little over two miles, where we spotted him from a uh, vantage point to where we actually caught up to him, right over top of the saddle, and uh, yeah, we had to giddy up and go, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, well, two miles, and you got to put two miles uh, into perspective, too, because it's two miles, but we had to run down off about 1,500 vertical feet, and, and we saw him with about 40 minutes left of life, and I figured he was about 35 minutes away, and so I looked at you and said, Clint, here's your chance, and we looked at this boar, and he was a little lengthy, but I thought maybe he was a lengthy, decent boar, like a five-and-a-half-footer, and so we uh, we took off down the mountain. Is that the first time you've ever ran down a 50-degree slope full of rocks and everything? Yeah, I mean, I had to do a little bit of a jog, uh, maybe couple hundred yards on my mountain lion hunt with my bow there in uh, New Mexico a few years back. But yeah, it was um, it was nothing like uh, that uh, two-mile deal. It was uh, <laughs> a little more intense and a lot more adrenaline. Uh, it was definitely, uh, we were definitely sending it, that's for sure. Oh man, well we just saw that, that opportunity where we could go get on him and he was, you know, all the way down and then we had to gain a little elevation to him and we didn't know it, but we had to jump the creek about five, six, seven times down in that bottom. And you actually twisted your ankle going down because we were pretty much running down this slope with rocks and, and dirt and skidding. And so you twisted your ankle a little bit, but just like a basketball player, you got to keep that thing warm and keep moving. Yeah, I had the adrenaline pump, and I wasn't worried about that ankle at the time. I thought, well, as long as it doesn't fall off, I should be in good shape. I just got to get to this bear and check him out, see what he is. So it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit sore today, but uh, it wasn't nothing, nothing too serious. I mean, Tweaked it a little bit, but uh, we definitely kept it warm. Uh, on the, we had a long walk out too, so that was probably good. Kept it, uh, didn't let it get you know froze up on me or nothing and whatnot. But yeah, that was the least of my worries. That ankle, I was uh, more concerned with that bear. That ankle, as long as it didn't fall off, I figured I was in good shape. Yeah, no, you're pretty tough, and you trained really hard coming for this hunt. You're doing a ton of shed hunting, but pushing it in these western mountains is just a different beast. And we did 15 miles yesterday, but. It's the elevation that gets you, not the miles. It's all that up and down. We had to climb ourselves out of a hole, but we got in on that bear. It was so thrilling. I love those close encounters. 
But we got right into where he thought he was, and we started really slowing down looking for him. And all of a sudden, he just appeared right there up the draw from us, and he was walking and feeding right at us. And it was your last day, and I really wanted you to kill a bear, but just the more we looked at that bear, he he just wasn't a decent one. He was just a young boar, you know, had a lengthy body, head on him. You know, he was lucky if he made five foot, probably more like four and a half. But he did walk right to 20 yards of us, and we had him in bow range there. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, – he was coming, you know, we were behind some big rocks, and uh, he'd come up over that saddle, and there was a trail that was probably five feet off where we were, and – I'm thinking, man, you know, I, he's not going to, you know, I'm not going to shoot him. But I thought, my gosh, he might walk by right here and be able to, you know, spit on him. But, uh, yeah, he got, he caught a little, must have caught a little bit of uh, our scent and then boogered out of there. But, I mean, he could have been shot 30 times, you know, from 30 to yards to 20 yards. He was broadside multiple times. And, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a cool encounter, that's for sure. Good good way to end it. We went, went for it and didn't work out. It wasn't a, you know, a, a giant or a, even a nice boar, just a young one. But that's all right. It was a good way to Good way to end the trip. It was fun and 20 minutes of uh, pure adrenaline running down the mountain. It was definitely uh, I was that was worth staying the extra day. Worth yeah, time. that was worth uh, spending the money on the extra ticket trying to grab another day here. So that's right. So you were supposed to fly out yesterday, and Clint, he is uh, he's such a good whitetail hunter and turkey hunter. Grew up hunting the Midwest. Um, for just giant critters, and he passes bucks that I'd shoot any day. But um, So you have this experience, and then we talked on the last podcast is that you've just immersed yourself in Western hunting. And so, you know, when we when we started talking about a bear hunt and maybe you coming out, you just jumped at the opportunity, bought an out-of-state tag, bought your plane ticket, got out here. And then we got out here, and we got down to our last day, and we were actually sitting where we had just seen the biggest chocolate I'd seen all year, just a giant boar. And we actually had to cross a body of water to go make a stock on him if he came out there and so we looked for him the last night and and it was just destroying you you had to leave and so you actually paid i think 275 bucks and then it may cost you even a little bit more for your luggage to gain one more evening hunt just to give yourself a chance yeah i just decided i'm gonna throw all the chips in and we're gonna stack the cards and just see what happens it it was gonna be uh we got some bad weather you know here coming in um you know, today it was pretty foggy this morning and could be some snow. And then tomorrow was kind of crappy. And I thought, man, Wednesday night could be good. You know, that whitetail mindset kind of kicked in. I thought, man, right before a front, you know, these bears ought to be out feeding. I'm thinking, now oh, one more night. So I go online looking at tickets. I'm like, ah, oh, man, you know, 275. And I just started thinking, you know what, I'm here. I, You know, it, it just sometimes you just got to roll the dice and 50-50, you know, you might tag out, you might not, but I'd rather spend the money and not tag out than to sit back and go, man, what if we had one more night or what if we had one more hour? And so overall, hey, it was a great way to end it, and uh, I wouldn't change a thing. That 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 money, uh, it comes and goes, no big deal. It's uh, well worth the money to stay, and, you know, I'd, I'd rather sit back and say, well, I went for it and just didn't work out than to uh, – sit back and wonder and that's that's for sure what i would have been doing i've been thinking man wednesday night how would that have went down you know what would have happened this way i know so it is uh is what it is yeah it would have killed you if i called you and go yeah clint they were all over i saw seven tonight and you missed it (laughs) it, well and that could be the call tomorrow night too just so you know (laughs) i hope it is i hope for you i hope you can go out and punch a tag tomorrow that'd be great but yeah for me knowing that i could have stayed wednesday night and and to have left and not stayed oh yeah that would have been a man that would have been a killer that would have been a tough one to swallow well and our our goal on these western adventure hunts is always to fill our tag but you 
you gain so much knowledge just being out here and being in the woods. And we did have a great experience. We saw 10 bears. We saw, you know, a couple big shooters. We got into bow range of two. You actually passed a, a really nice blonde bear the second night in here. And that was a, a decent bear. He just wasn't quite there. He was over five foot and, and a chubby bear, beautiful blonde hide. And you had that one dead to rights too. Yeah. I mean, you got some great photos right over my shoulder. I mean, the bear's right over my shoulder. You know, we had him at 40 yards, 30 yards, 25. I mean, he, he could have been killed every second of a, probably a 20-minute window. Uh, literally had no clue we were there. Um, just feeding and, you know, just being a bear. I mean, it was it was awesome. I mean, it's super pretty. He was, you know, I mean, that chocolate we saw a few nights ago was a giant, but that blonde was, was probably the prettiest bear of the whole trip. I mean, just super Super, super pretty and uh, long hair on him. Oh, long hair. Couple, a uh, couple more years, and that bear is gonna. He's gonna. I, I hope he makes it a few years. Someone, uh, someone will definitely be happy sticking an arrow in him. Hopefully, uh, that was a uh, that was a beautiful boar, and uh, just fun to get in that close. I mean, we made a perfect stop, got in, had the wind right. I mean, it was just textbook. Just wasn't quite, uh, wasn't quite big enough. But you know, that's uh, hey, that's all part of it. Nonetheless, it was a awesome memory and great stock and. You know, every stock you make, you're learning something. And for me, coming from the you know east out here, every opportunity I get to make a stock, whether it's going to be something I'm going to shoot or not, I'm going to do it just to gain the experience. I mean, you just it's a totally different scenario hunting stuff out here, spotting stock versus you know hunting turkeys back in the in, in Ohio or hunting you know whitetails out of tree stands and stuff. I mean, you just don't get that kind of experience out there like you do here. So. Nonetheless, yeah, uh, any stock's a good stock, that's for sure. Yeah, well, and this, um, it'll help prepare you too, and definitely your legs are in shape. We've been doing crazy miles in elevation, but you've got a Colorado mule deer tag. I mean, so it appears now. They've got this whole back door where you check and see if you drew, and I don't quite all understand it. It says that I didn't draw, but uh, on yours it said you did draw, so it looks like you're going to have a Colorado uh, backpack hunt coming up this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Was out there last year and just came up short. You were so close, uh, right? We'll draw twice on uh, on two two giants, and um, that's pretty much all I thought about. I mean, I came home and, and you know killed a, killed the whitetail I wanted opening night, and, and that was my biggest buck to date. But I'll be honest, I, I just I have not forgot those muleys since being out there. And uh, I've just been thinking, man, yeah, I hope I draw another good tag. And I threw all my points in on a really good unit, and it looks like I got drawn. So uh, pretty excited about that. Should have nine or ten days to go out and just give her hell. I mean, going to go for it every day and pack in and, you know, spend seven or eight days. And uh, should have a couple of days to scout, hoping to get out in July and do a little bit of scouting towards the end of July and find some good bucks. And, uh, yeah, just going to go for it. I mean, uh, these hunts and, you know, hopefully I can get out and uh, – Maybe go chase some pronghorns around with you this fall as like a little kind of a pre-warm up for the muley hunt. But yeah, I mean, this bear hunt was definitely a huge, uh, huge learning curve. I mean, it just, you know, just gets you prepared for what chasing muleys is like. I mean, you're glassing, spotting, and stalking, and you're up and down mountains. And it's, I mean, it's a tough hunt, but they're all tough out here. There is no uh, adventure bow hunting out west. I think that's an easy hunt. I don't care what you're hunting. I mean, there's just, they're all tough. They're all hard. And, uh, but they all make you a better hunter every trip, no doubt. Well, yeah. Well, and, um, you know, it's just tough. Uh, we, we all eat tags and I've done good over the years to, 
to further my learning curve now to where, you know, I kill quite a few trophies with my bow every year and do pretty good. But every year there's a tag that goes unfilled or two tags that go unfilled. You know, and you, as long as you give it all you have on the hunt, you can go back and, and know that you gave it everything. And, and then also you gain so much knowledge from that. But it, it's just tough. I mean, I know sometimes like I think our or harvest on on general season bull elk out here which is the majority of the state like i think i think it hovers at like five percent or something like that so i mean your odds on a hunt you know could be three to fifteen percent success rate with a bow and arrow on public land but it's just tough and you're not going to get it done every time and and you did the right thing you could have filled that tag but we just didn't want you to shoot a bear you weren't going to be happy with and we weren't looking for the biggest bear in the world uh, in the woods we were just looking for a really good, respectable boar, big pumpkin head, something you could really be proud of and take home. And, and the two that you got into bow range were just a shade under that. So I do think you made the right call. But yeah, it's just, it's tough coming out here, Wes. And so you really got to do your homework. You've got to do your training. I mean, can you imagine if you didn't train and tried to do the miles that you did this week? Uh, I had two, uh, I'd say probably two, two and a half months. Um, I was at least six, about seven days a week. Um, and I was lifting and uh, doing a lot of stuff, a lot of core body stuff. And then every time after I'd lift at night, I'd go run uh, around the streets. It's about a two mile loop. And I mean, you know, you're tired, your body's tired. You just did all this working out, but I just, I know how it is out here. I've been out here enough. And I mean, when your body's tired is when you've got to, you know, really push the limit and get your body used to being able to just, you know, trudge forward. I mean, you hit the eight, 10 mile mark in a day, and you think that's a lot, but really that's like a halfway point. I mean, there was lots of days where we hit 15, 16 mile, you know, you hit that eight, nine mile mark and it's like, man, you're tired and your back's sore, your legs are sore, your ankles are sore, everything's sore. But it's like, man, you're at like one o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, you got half a day left. You got to keep going. And uh, so you just got to condition your body to be used to um, dealing with that kind of stress and fatigue and to where you almost just get comfortable you know, being uncomfortable, I guess, is the best way to put it. I mean, For sure. you, know, you're, you just get used to huffing and puffing and being out of breath and climbing up hills. And it's just it is what it is. It's just what you got to do out here. Yeah, it gets it gets to be normal. And it's it's weird because it's not fun all the time. Like you are you're pushing your, your physical limits. You're you know tired and sore when you get home at night. But hunting out west and hunting these these public lands and trying to be successful like it's like this prolonged fun um it, it's something you can look back on that's fun later and it's it's something when you are successful you know how much you put into it and so it means so much to you you know it i mean if you would have killed a bear last night if you would have been decent i mean who knows would you 80 90 miles 100 miles in this week and who knows how much elevation and different bears we saw all to get it done in the end I mean, you would uh, you would have looked at that bear and looked at those pictures and remembered that forever. And I think that's what us guys like. Like it's this this prolonged fun where the easy fun it, it's not lasting fun. Where this tough fun that you got to work really hard for it, it lasts with you for a lifetime, and you remember these memories. And and for some reason, us guys and 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 the people listening to this podcast enjoy that misery, you know, enjoy a tough hunt and then being successful at the end. And it, it's really tough to, to articulate and to put into words, but it, it just means so much to us guys, something that we work at year round and then, and then to be successful at, as we know how tough it is to be successful, um, just means the world to guys like me and you. 
Yeah, uh, misery is company out here. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I mean, throughout the day, you're you're mentally. I mean, you know, you're fatigued mentally, physically. But there's just that little there's that little guy on your shoulder that's constantly there. That's just like, man, you gotta you gotta keep sending it. You gotta keep going. You gotta push through it. I mean, you're out here for a reason. Um, I feel like most guys that come out here out west and do these adventure bow hunts and, and, and backpack in and, and, and some of these crazy hunts that, you know, like you're doing and what I started doing, you got to be motivated. I mean, you know, you know what's ahead. It's, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's 99% work for 1% fun and that maybe a two-minute span of pure adrenaline rush and excitement to get a shot off or something. I mean, it's 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 work. It's tough. There's you know, up and down mountains and there's days where you're not seeing game and you're glassing and you're, I mean, it's, it's, it's literally almost all work, but that reward when it does come together and you do get to watch your arrow disappear into the, you know, the body of a, a big muley or a bear or elk or whatever it may be. I mean, there's nothing like it because you know what you put in it mentally, physically. I mean, you, you took yourself to the limits and there's what, maybe 3% of the bow hunting population that's doing these kind of hunts. I mean, there's just not many guys that do this stuff. So, I mean, it's just a cool feeling to be like, yep, I'm one of the, you know, elite guys that's able to go out and get it done. And you're not going to get it done every time. There's nobody's going to have a higher percentage of, you know, um, successful hunts than unsuccessful. And if that's the case, you're not doing much backcountry adventure hunting, I'll guarantee it. But when it does come together, maybe it's one out of every 10 hunts, maybe it's one out of every 20, whatever. But those, those, one or two hunts out of 10 or 20, I mean, that's just stuff that is, words can't describe what it's going to feel like and what it does feel like to finally get it done and, and finally accomplish that goal. And, and it just makes you even more hungry. You just want to do that. You know, you want that feeling and want to experience that as much as you possibly can in your life. And what drives guys like you and me to just go out and send it all the time. I mean, you're mm -hmm. chasing that 1% out of the 100 you know, out of that whole trip, you're chasing that 1% and it's going to be 99% misery. It's going to be tough and hard, but man, that 1% is like the greatest feeling in the world. That's just, that's why we do it. Well, and it's, um, you can always continue to learn and I think you can up your, your odds of success and you can up your success. Like I know, you know, I, I've been killing four or five Pope and Young trophies a, a year um, for, for the last 10 years now, it's like once you can keep gaining knowledge that then ups your odds where now all of a sudden you're not playing the 5% success rate or you're not playing one out of 10 hunts, but it takes all this experience and knowledge, you know, and then you can start being successful on 80, 90% of even your backcountry tough hunts. And, and I know that's what I've done and it hasn't been through money hunting, private land hunting, guided outfitted hunts. It's all public land, do it yourself, but it's all from this knowledge base that I've gained and it's all from this the motivation you had such a great attitude on this hunt like you just you never you never wavered from your goals you were always willing to put in the miles sit on the vantage point be there late be there early you hunted a lot of the middle of the days when I had to work and then we'd go out in the evening but but I do think as you continue to learn you're going to find more success along the way and this this bear hunt spot and stock out west with the bow and arrow is, is definitely a tough one but um, you know, we had opportunities and, and we saw bears, but, but I just think, you know, as your knowledge base grows, you're going to find more success. And I, you know, we chase that 1% of excitement being in bow range at, at full draw, but you also have to embrace the entire experience too. Like we did on this trip, like you have to enjoy the woods and the wilderness and, and yeah, you're hiking hard, but you stop. I mean, how many cool experiences 
did we have? We saw a boar and a sow, grizzly bear. A boar was chasing a sow, grizzly bear. That yep. was really cool. We, we got to see, you know, black bears in their natural habitat getting super tight, which is just my favorite. I love that. You know, and, and just all the little things, too. I mean, uh, we saw skunks. We saw uh, you know, goats. Yep. We saw, yeah, deer, elk. Um, that one time on that cliff vantage point we had, we had these vultures that had these giant, like— uh, I, I don't have six foot wingspans to 10 foot wingspans. And these things were gliding on thermals and coming by us at 10, 15 yards around us and soaring by us. And like, just to take all that in, it's just not what everybody gets to see. And so, you know, you have to embrace the experience and embrace the journey. Like you have this motivation to fill your tag, but you got to enjoy it all along the way too, you know, where it's like, a, you know, this is just really cool. This is something I see that nobody else gets to see the coyote that we spooked right out from under us or you know we just had a we had so many experiences in these eight days that you can take away from the hunt and and i think it's just a further further your knowledge base and i think a guy can find more success out there you know you you definitely have the right attitude you put in the right miles i mean you deserve to to kill a bear this week it just we just didn't get on the right bear but it'll happen you know we just need to to get out and do it again and and continue hunting you know yeah, for sure. I mean, I always look at these hunts like, hey, if you get to punch a tag and, you know, that's that's great. That's a bonus. But, I mean, what you get to see, what you experience, I mean, I've told you before, a lot of my, you know, friends and people back home in Ohio, I mean, they can't even fathom what I'm doing out here because they just, they've never done it. And, you know, you tell them you walked around 15, 16 miles up and down and you, all, and you see all this crazy stuff, you know, grizzly bears and mountain goats. And, I mean, to them, yeah, you know, they've seen it on TV or in a park or something. But, I mean... Most of the people back home, I'd say 99% have, you know, they're never going to experience what we experienced these eight days and they won't see or be the places where we were. And it's like, you get on those vantage points in your glass and you're looking all of a sudden you just stop and you take it all in and you're like, wow, this is, I mean, it's, you're blessed to be able to do, you know, I'm like what you do, what I do. I mean, the adventure bow hunting, it's not everybody does it. Not everybody wants to do it. I think you're crazy for not wanting to do it, but not everybody does it, and uh, there's a lot of people out there that'll never see, you know, 99% of what what we're going to see on these trips, and uh, that's probably the real trophy, honestly, is just the the memories and what you take away. Sure, we all want to punch a tag, we all want to, you know, you chase that one percent of, you know, the excitement out of the trip and everything, and you want to get to, you know, draw the bow back and let one rip, but realistically, that's all a bonus. I mean, just the, the experience, the stuff you get to see, you're constantly learning, you're constantly gaining knowledge, and it just makes you a better makes you a better hunter, but it makes you a better person. I really do feel like it just makes you appreciate life more, and I think a lot of people need to slow down and just appreciate life, and we all get caught up in hustle and bustle, and we're busy and jobs and everything else, but it's like, man, sometimes you just got to sit back and just, just and go out and enjoy, you know, go, go hike or go bike or whatever. Just go enjoy some of the you know, the awesome things we have in this country and the public lands out west. I mean, just a prime example of just pure passion and, and you know, the love for the outdoors like I have. I mean, there's no better place to be. I mean, I, I could move out here in a dang on second and, uh, I, you know, I, I'd probably never look back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's such an adventure, isn't it? It's um, it's Absolutely. living an adventurous lifestyle. And us us hunters have found our avenue for adventure through these these bow hunting trips and, and these challenges of trying to harvest an animal. And it's, it's not just hiking to the top of the mountain and back down. It's taking it all in and trying to find a critter and trying to stock it. And you just, you, you get so engrossed in the, in the process of trying to harvest an animal. But I, I just, um, 
it's so cool that we found this something that we like in life but you know there's there's so many other adventures out there uh, mountaineering and climbing and different things guys like but we are really fortunate that we have found western hunting and enjoy to be out there because we do we just see so many cool things and you live this adventurous lifestyle which which is like a fulfilled life like i i feel like i have purpose i have passion in my life i have something i love to do that i i dream of year round that i train for year round and then when i'm out there and i do get those 10 days out or those you know like in this bear hunt you know i get to spend a lot of time in the woods but to have you out for 8 days just to embrace the experience and just really go for it and give it all you have and you gave it all you had this week which was awesome to see yeah, I mean, you know, our, our plan from the very start, um, whenever the trip started, was, hey, let's just, you know, we're going to push it to the limits every day. We're going to cover miles. We're going to glass. We're going to get on these vantage points. And, you know, we're just going to give it all we have. And, and in the end, you hope that you get that one, you know, that one chance to get the bow drawn back and send one. But, you know, like I said, I, I wasn't able to, you know, never never do the bow back. And that's that's fine. I mean, I still, you know, you take away so much from these hunts and just – the learning curve constantly out here gets, you know, toned down a little bit more each trip. I mean, you just, you start to pick up on more and, you know, got to hunt with you and really see, you know, how you're doing things and why you're doing things and, and why you did this, why you did that. I asked a ton of questions. And then when I'd hunt by myself, you know, I was putting that stuff to work. I mean, I was, you know, using these techniques that I've picked up along the way and stuff that I've, you know, you've showed me along the way and whatnot. And, and you get to go out and then do them on your own for five, six hours. Then we'd hook up in the evenings after, you know, you got done with work and man, we'd push it hard. I mean, what, last night, I think we did 16.7 miles from like, well, I think we got started around five or something. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. I mean, we just totally went forth, you know, 16, almost 17 miles in a couple hours span. But I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, you just have to go for it and you just find that determination and you just, there is no stop. I mean, the stop button's just not there. It's just go, 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 go. And hey, sometimes you come up, uh, you know, with a win, sometimes it's a loss, but realistically in the big, you know, picture of the grand scheme of things, there's, there's no losing on a hunt like this. I mean, what you get to see and do and experience, it's, uh, it's just great. I mean, it's stuff that, like I said, a lot of people will never see. And I'm fortunate I get to, you know, travel around and see this stuff and experience it. Yeah. And so you're going to, you know, talking with you, you're going to plan a, a scouting trip to Colorado for those muleys this year. So you're going to go down and uh, I can't remember if you said July, I think you said, and uh, you're going to go down and do a scouting trip for these muleys, which is a huge commitment coming from Ohio. You've got to buy the plane ticket, and then you're just going to go into Colorado and try to scout and try to find some good deer. So so you're set up right when you show up in, in September or late August to, to hunt your mule deer up there. But And this is the second time around. You hunted mule deer last year, and so um, you really got your headset on killing a nice buck this year. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty hungry for sure. Um, you know, like I said, I'm I'm a I'm a whitetail junkie. That's for sure. Cut my teeth on them, but even even last year with knowing I was going to get to hunt uh, the, probably the biggest buck in maybe my career. When I left Colorado, that's all I thought about was man, you know what could have been, and just so close. Uh, those daggone muleys. I mean, they've just taken me uh, by storm and. You know, all year, that's, I've just been thinking about it. I mean, when I'm training, when I'm running, when I'm sitting, you know, at work on lunch, uh, I mean, when I'm at home watching a, a, the Cavs play, I mean, I'm daggone mule deer there, always on my mind. And I'm just like, you know what, the minute I find out if I did draw, which it looks like I did, 
I'm just going to go into that unit for three or four days and, and try to find some good bucks and just just trying to up my odds a little bit. Um, so whenever I do get there, I kind of already have a good game plan and got some bucks picked out. And, you know, I'm just trying to up up the ante. I'm uh, I'm not leaving Colorado this year without a mule deer. <laughs> I already told my boss at work, you know what, I, I, I should be back in 10 days, but um, I'll kind of – I'll get to a vantage point, and if I have to call off a few more, I guess I'm just gonna have to phone a friend and let somebody know to call in and, and let you know. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm determined to not leave that state without a muley this year. That's uh, that's the uh, that's the goal for sure. Yeah, well, it, and it does take that commitment. I know when I'm planning my trips every year. Uh, my wife always asks me, you know, how long I'm going to be gone. And it says, well, depends when I kill my muley, you know, or depends when I get my critter, you know. So you, you got to plan days, but it's always nice to be able to have those backup days where you can call in or phone a friend, like you say, or, you know, call my wife and say, hey, it's going to be a couple more days. I'm right on them or go out and refuel and go back in. But having those couple two, three days on the end of the hunt, like you, you really get it all figured out in the hunt. When you get to the end of the hunt, you feel like you're there. You know, you feel like you should harvest one. You've been seeing them move around here and there and you kind of figured them out. And it's like, man, if I could just have two, three days. So I think when you're going on a lot of these Western adventures, you know, it's tough to leave them open ended with work and family and have everybody plan. But if you can kind of preface everybody that, hey, you know, I'm going for 10 days, but this might turn into 12 or 13. Like, I got to make sure I get this. This is a big tag for me and a big hunt for me. I think if you can preface it that way and buy yourself a couple days on the end of the hunt and extend it a little bit, like you just give yourself that, that much better of a chance of harvesting that animal. I, I don't know how many animals I've harvested, you know, on the last day of the hunt or the second to last day, like it, it just seems to come together towards the end, you know? So having those, those couple days as backup, I think is, is important. Yeah, I know. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's, it's nice to have those extra days. Uh, if you do, you know, and, and there again, I'm going to go out and scout in July, but I mean, let's, you know, let's not uh, kid ourselves. What I see at the end of July could be a totally different story come when archery season opens. So, you know, I'm kind of already prepared for, you know, I'm hoping I can get on some, some good bucks and get some things kind of figured out. But when I get there, it might take me four or five days to figure out what they're doing. They might have totally changed by then. There could be some pressure in there. I mean, you know, who knows? So you might spend half your trip, the first half, just finding those bucks again and, and figuring them out again. And it's like, you know, now you're down to what was an eight-day hunt. Now it's down to four or three or whatever. And, I mean, man, you just might need that extra day or two to, you know, to, to get it done. And uh, it's definitely nice to have uh, the open-ended schedule and be able to maybe squeeze a few more days if you have to, um, if that's what it takes. And for me, coming from Ohio, I mean, it's not like I can just jump in my truck and get to Colorado in six hours and just hunt the weekends or whatever. I mean, I'm pretty much going to get a one good solid trip out of this and, and hopefully can get, you know, can get in on a good one and get him killed. So, yeah, I'm going to make the most of it. And, uh, you know, the, the scouting trip hopefully pays off. And hopefully once I get there, uh, you know, after a few days, I'll uh, I'll be drawn back on about a 190 uh, in full valve. But that's the uh, that's that's what we're hoping for, at least. Yeah, for sure. Well, it- and it just seems like these Western adventure hunts, you, you know, you prepare all year and you think about them all year and you scout and you find giant bucks while you're scouting. And then, and then you get on the hunt and it seems like the hunt is like more difficult than you could even fathom in your mind. You know, it, it's just tougher either, you know, you can't find the animals and you've got to travel miles and miles and miles just to locate a good one. Like you say, the pressure may be bad in there where you get hunters in there and, and that messes you up or... It, it, there's there's just so many circumstances that happen during a hunt 
and, and it's part of why we love it. But you you kind of come up with this plan in your head how it's going to go, and you pretty much throw that out the window once you get there. Like you have to be tough when you get there, and you have to be able to evolve. Like we had this saying the whole hunt. And I I picked it up from you. Uh, MRI, most recent information. And so when you're on the Western hunt, like you have to take the information and you have to process it and then adapt your hunting to that, you know, because you, you get a game plan of the drainages you think you're going to find deer and then you show up and there are no deer there and you can't just pick up and go home. I mean, like you, you're flying all the way from Ohio to Colorado. Like your only choice is to evolve, adapt and overcome, you know, but I think that's a big part of Western hunting is trying to use the information you gain in real time that you see there and adjust your hunt to it. Um, but they are, they're, they're always more difficult when you get there. And I've been successful on a lot of hunts and a lot of big bucks. And I, I play it out that I'm going to kill this huge 200 incher when I go to this place. And then I get there and I was like, you know, gosh, I'm going to be lucky if I kill a buck on this. Like it just, it's always tougher than you think when you get there, but you have to have a good attitude and then be able to, to adapt your strategies to what the deer, what the elk or what the bears are doing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we did that this past week. I mean, we were figuring in on these luscious green little, you know, parks and hideaway meadows up in these basins. We thought, man, these are just going to be loaded. And I mean, some of the, the nicest country that I, you know, to this point ever looked at, I mean, green as green can be, and there's no bears. And we're like, oh, you know, what is going on? So then we start, you know, getting on some of these hillsides and, and back in the timber, you know, up, up on some of these ridges, there was some, some neon green growing and we, we did get into a few bears doing that. So then you're switching gears and we started kind of walking the bottoms because it's shaded down there. And then we got into some bears doing that. And it's just, you know, you're constantly trying to think about, okay, here's what I saw today. Here's what I saw yesterday. Here's the sign I saw. Okay. This is what I thought was going to be, but it's not, this is really what it is. So now here's the game plan for tomorrow. Then tomorrow comes and you, you, you know, you run with that and you see what happens. And it's just, it's just, you know, it just evolved every day. We were trying something different or, you know, once we kind of got into some bears, it was okay, here's what they're doing. So let's look at more spots that are similar to that, uh, where we saw bears yesterday, or we didn't see any bears yesterday and, and we were in these spots. So let's change gears and try something different. And, you know, you, you, you have to be able to kind of jump on the fly, um, with your game planning and, and just with, you know, what knowledge is given to you and, yeah, the MRI, I mean, you know, what's happening right now, uh, not a week ago, not what's going to be next week, just what, you know, what these animals are doing right now. And I think that's important, especially out here out west, is you got to figure out what they're doing right now. What they did a week ago, um, you know, uh, what a bear did a week ago might be 50, 60 miles, you know, back. I mean, so, you know, you're never going to run into that bear now if you're still, you know, doing what he did last week. And uh, same with, you know, the muleys, elk and all that. Uh, you just constantly got to be evolving and trying to keep up with what they're doing right now. And I think that'll really keep you in game. Uh, and I think your success rates will go up a lot more by, by doing that and using that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's that most recent information, being able to adapt to the hunt and what the circumstances give you. Yeah, I just I, that's such a huge part of it, I think, you know, uh, paying attention to everything, all the details that, that come along on a hunt. And, and, uh, it, and it's, 
it, and it's tough, but you, you just, um, like you did this week, like keeping a good attitude is everything. You just got to keep pushing forward, keep putting one foot in front of the next, keep keep adapting your game plan. And so, you know, we'd get done with every night and make it to the house here, just barely have dinner. And before we knew it, it'd be 11, 12 o'clock. And, you yeah. know, just trying to come up with a game plan. Okay, where are we going to hunt tomorrow? What are we going to do tomorrow from what we saw today, you know, and and, and I think that's important on a on a hunt and on a Western hunt is is to be able to adapt on the fly and and kind of think on the fly and and I think it helps too in like um when when you're when you're preparing for a hunt it, it's not just to make one plan to make multiple backup plans like you may have a drainage that you want to go look at and that may be your A plan but you better have a B C D and E you know and so. That way, you kind of always got in the back of your head some place that you want to go check out, some place that you're thinking about, and, and it kind of keeps me from getting lost. Like, a, I'll make a plan, and if I go to that spot, like in my younger years, I'd make a plan and say, okay, I'm going into this high country drainage, and I'm going to go look for mule deer, and they're going to be everywhere. They're going to be on every ridge behind every tree. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right. Yeah, and so, and then you get up there, and you don't find anything, and and mentally, I'd be like swimming. I'd, I, I'm like lost in this, you know, well, now what? They're not here where I'd planned, where I'd scouted, where I'd looked at. Now where do I go? And, and, and your confidence is rattled because they weren't in your first spot. But if you have like this game plan of different drainages and different spots that you're going to go check out, you go, God, they're not in here. I really thought they were going to be in here. But, you know, I got this other drainage that I've always wanted to check out, this other spot I wanted to think of. And we played that game all week this week. Like, I have a lot of good bear spots. And we even went to spots that I that I don't normally hunt. But it's it's all spots that I have thought about and thought, you know, that's a good spot for bears. I've seen one in there. I've seen a couple in there. Like, that's where we need to go hit. But I think it's really important to have a bunch of backup plans, you know, when, you, when you're coming out west. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that all goes back to the, the mental side of things. I mean, everyone talks, you know, you got to train and you, and you want to, you know, be used to having a pack on your back and you want to physically be ready. But I mean, honestly, a guy could go at a, at a slow pace, but mentally be in the game and he's going to do better than the guy who is just physically an animal, but mentally just has a bad attitude or doesn't know what to do when things aren't going his way. Uh, I mean, you know, mentally, you can check yourself out of one of these hunts fast. I mean, in a day. I mean, if you start thinking, man, I'm wasting my time or I'm never going to catch up to this bear. Or, Gosh, there's no muleys here. This is a stupid unit. I, I never should have came to this unit. Or, you know, you start thinking like that. And I mean, you are signing your, your, your death ticket. I mean, it's just, it's not, you're never going to accomplish the mission and the goal um, without having that positive attitude because things are not all going to go your way on these hunts. And like you said, you're going to have to adapt on the fly. And there's just, there's that big learning curve on every hunt. I mean, you know, I might go scout this unit in July and find, you know, 10 just stud bucks and they're in these easy spots and it's just, oh, it looks like a slam dunk. And then you get there and you don't even see a deer. And it's like, okay, now what? Well, that all goes back to having that second plan, third plan, you know, okay, if they're not here, I'm going to check this. If they're not here, I'm going to check this. Uh, without that, um, for lack of a better phrase, you, you kind of fall into that, you know, that, 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 oh shit moment. Like, oh my God, they're not in this drainage. Now, now where do I go? What do I do? Like you said, back when you were younger, you know, you, you fall into the, oh my God, now what am I going to do? Now your mind's racing. Now you're losing confidence and confidence is everything out here. I mean, you've got to stick with the plans. You, you got to be confident that around the next corner, there is that big boar, that big buck or that bears over that next ridge or whatever. And the minute you lose that confidence factor in yourself and in your capabilities, I really think you just cut 
a huge percentage off your success rate because now you're mentally questioning every move you're making. You're, you're questioning why you're even here doing this and, you know, uh, maybe I'm not going to get it done. And, and, you know, you just, you can't let that happen. You've got to stay in the game out here mentally. Um, that's a huge, huge factor. And I just think that's a lot of it uh, to being successful out here is you've mentally got to think every single time you go on a stock or every day, today's the day, or this stock's a stock, or, I'm going to punch my tag, you know, here in the next hour. I mean, you just got to have that confidence to keep you mentally in it. Oh, man, you hit the nail on the head. Um, You're so right. What makes the best Western hunter is that attitude, that mental toughness, that believing in yourself and believing you can get it done. Uh, that's everything on a tough hunt. And and you could take a guy that's not in as good a shape, but if you've got that mental toughness, um, it, you know, you've got the Western hunting, it, you know, you've got the best chance of filling your tag. You're so right. And the eternal optimism of always believing that this day is going to be epic. I'm going to find him today. I'm going to get a stock today. You know, he's going to be over this ridge. Like you have to believe, you have to believe that those animals are out there and it may not work out, but you, you can't let that self doubt creep in. You've got to just always go and And you also made another point, like a, it's really easy to give in to the toughness of a hunt. And to say, you know, gosh, I'm missing work right now. I got my wife and my kids at the house. I got what in the heck am I doing out here? I'm a moron. I'm going to head home. This isn't the spot. This isn't the deal. Um, but that attitude doesn't find you success on Western hunts. Like it's got to be the attitude where you just believe you've got, you can get that opportunity and a sliver of opportunity and you're going to put a perfect arrow in them. You know, you just, you have to believe in that. And then, like we talked about embracing this experience, you have to embrace it. And even if you're not finding the, the giant buck you're after, that, that isn't, you know, where you where you give up and you go home. And you can't start letting that self-doubt creep in. A, Boy, I really should be working. No, you made the plans that you're going to be out there hunting. Work knows about it. Your family knows about it. You told them and prefaced them. Like, you've got all these plans to be out there. Now's your time to go for it. And we get... You know, so few days. I mean, there's 365 days a year, and I get to hunt a bunch of them, which I'm really fortunate. But how many days do you really spend out doing what you absolutely love to do? So, you know, if you've got 20 days a season, you know, you better spend that 20 days going as hard as you can, whether you're on a big deer or not, embracing the experience. And so, I, that mental toughness and that mental game is such a a huge part of, of the Western hunting puzzle, you know, so you're spot on and you have that, which, which is key. And so you're just trying to gain knowledge and add to it. But that mental toughness, I mean, I really attribute my success in Western hunting is from my mental toughness. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you have to have that in, especially bow hunting. I mean, anywhere I know, like, um, with whitetails back at home, um, I mean, during the rut in November, it's it's nothing. And, I mean, a lot of my buddies will shake their head if they're listening to this and they'll probably laugh because, I mean, they just know how it is. It's it's nothing for my feet to not touch the ground in daylight November 1st until November 20th when I kill my buck. I mean, I just – I climb in a tree and that's the plan. And, I mean, I might have to go 16, 17 days of living in a tree. I mean, not coming out. It just – you lose weight, your mind races. I mean, you're sitting up there just like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? You've counted every leaf on every tree. You've seen the same squirrels 8 million times. I mean, but you think back to trail cam pictures. You think back to summer scouting. You think back to, man, you know at any moment that that buck you've seen all year or the one you're after could walk by. And I mean, 
for me, that's just what mentally keeps me in the game. I mean, uh, two years ago, I hunted, uh, it was like almost 60, I think it was 63, 64 days out of 65 in a row. Uh, I think I missed two days out of those 65 days it took to kill this buck. And I mean, it was, it was crazy. I mean, I was ready to go on sixth floor after the rut. I think I, I was off work like 18, 19 days in a row during November. Um, and was besides two days where it was lightning and thundering in, in November and 70 degrees. And I had to get out because it was just dangerous to be in the woods at that time. Outside of that, it was, I mean, I lived, I lived on that farm. I mean, literally I'd come home, grab something to eat, go to bed. And five hours later, back in a truck, headed to the farm and was there all day. Uh, but when I finally got that buck killed, I mean, it was just, you put so much into it, blood, sweat, tears, money. I mean, it's just, it's just what I'm passionate about. And I carry that right into this, you know, the, the out west hunts. I mean, you know, going into it, it's a tough hunt. It's a bow hunt. It's an adventure bow hunt, you know, back country, public ground. I mean, there's so many factors and there's so many ways that you could let a hunt like that get the best of you. But you're doing it because you love it. And you're coming out and you can't forget that. I mean, it's supposed to be fun and you've got to find ways to keep it fun and make it fun and stay positive. And like you said, that's just mentally, that's the what separates the great you know, Western big game bow hunters from just the average or the subpar guys is I really think it's, it's the mental game. They don't let themselves get down and they don't let themselves fall into that. Man, I shouldn't be here trap or that, man, this is the wrong unit. I, I should, I should have went to this other spot today. I mean, you just, you have to have faith and, and have, uh, you know, you have to have that gut instinct and you got to go with it and be confident in what you're, what you're doing and the moves you're making. Yeah. Uh, man, that's so much discipline that you spend in those, those whitetail stands for those whitetails, and you've killed some giant bucks. I'm super excited to get you know out to the Midwest and hunt whitetails. So I'm a little embarrassed to say I don't have a whitetail buck with my bow. I've got a bunch of whitetail does because they give us extra tags, and I'm a muley guy, and so I always end up hunting muleys. And I'll I'll think I'm going to kill a big whitetail one year, and I'll give it a week or so, and then I'll uh, I'll end up hunting muleys and killing a nice muley. So I'm really excited to get out there in the Midwest and Ohio and and uh, give it all I got out there to try to kill a white dog. But they're a thinking man's game. They're so smart in small tracts of country where they learn, you know, how how to avoid human contact in, in, in those small tracts of land. So I'm really excited to, to give that all I have out there in Ohio. But so um, what are you doing? It? So you're spending all day in a tree stand. Um, how do you take a pee in the in a tree stand? What do you do there? Oh, I mean, I, I always have a uh, piss bottle and a, and a water bottle. You know? I, mean, it's, uh, I think that's what the truckers run, too. So you're on uh, a water bottle and a pee bottle. Yeah. Okay. I was yeah. wondering, I like a, a, just a... Uh, a question I had uh, about whitetail hunting. So definitely don't want to pee out the tree, right? Because you make a lot of noise yeah. and then you're getting your scent all the way down there. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. the noise factor, you get a, you get a 30 degree crisp November day with all the leaves on the ground and you start peeing out of your stand. Yeah. It does get pretty noisy. And How, uh, how big a bottle do you bring in there? A gallon? I think, uh, <laughs> I think the one I have, is a, uh, I think it's like 64 ounces or something like that. Oh, you reuse it, huh? Or, uh, or do you get a fresh no, one? I've got, a, I've, I've got an actual uh, a, a pee bottle every day. I empty it and I wash out, you know. And, and, yeah, you, you, know you, you go a day or two and you forget to, uh, you know, you, you forget to wash that thing out or whatever. Yeah, it's not good. And it's got a, got a big black X on it because you don't want to drink out of that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you, you, you know, it's, uh, yeah, the, uh, the all day sits. Uh, you uh, you definitely uh, you definitely have to find ways to kind of keep yourself busy. And it's funny because actually, you know, those 
those pee breaks, you get to move around a little bit and, you know, you sort of actually look, you know, sometimes you look forward to that. Actually, you're like, well, I get to stand up, stretch, take a pee, you know, <laughs> maybe turn around, look at some different stuff, whatever, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's a weighted man's game. And, and, uh, it's, I mean, I love it. I grew up doing it and it's, it's my passion. And, you know, I do a lot of, a uh, lot of, a lot of whitetail hunting and, and, you know, mainly pretty much just, you know, exclusively all bow hunting, um, for them. And I've traveled all around and hunted a bunch of states for them and stuff, and it's always fun. But you know, that's what's kind of got me into the the, the out west spot and stock is it's just the polar opposite. I mean, A to Z, black and white, however you want to look at it. And that's what's fun. It's a totally different style. I mean, I go from chasing muleys or antelope around or bears or whatever to then you're sitting in a tree waiting for game to come to you. You know, it's it's that big uh, chess match, you know, puzzle piece deal. So. Yeah, it's fun to have kind of both. Uh, you get to experience both of those all throughout the fall and, and mix and match tree stand hunting, spot and stock, and it's a uh, it's a good time. Yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see uh, how you do on that first all day sit whenever you come to Ohio this year during the rut. Maybe, maybe you'll get lucky in that first hour. At one fifty, you'll walk by and you won't have to spend all day sitting up there with the squirrels. Oh man! Well, I hope I get the full experience. It wouldn't be right for me to show up and get one in the first hour. Uh, yeah, the all-day sits is going to be a real challenge for me. Um, well, and uh, uh, you know, I I think you have it too, where you got the attention deficit disorder (ADD). Like I'm sure I have that. Like I think a lot of us guys do. You know, where yep. where our attention it's tough to keep on it. So that's going to be a major challenge for me. But I, I'm ready for it and want to embrace the experience. So. This is something I never read in Whitetail magazines. Okay, so I've got the pee bottle. I got a sixty-four ounces. Like, um, what happens with a uh, number two? Like, do you just try to get regular during the season, or how do you curb that? Like, I've got to get myself ready right. for this all-day stand, and and uh, it isn't going to work. I can't have a bottle like a number two bottle. That doesn't quite work for me. I don't. No. I don't think that's going to work. So you've got to just get regular and make sure you're a morning guy, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you <laughs> get on a, a good morning system. Okay. Uh, when you wake up, that's that's the time to, to do oh. that. Uh, you know, you. What happens in the middle of the day if you uh, say you had a uh, chicken the night before or something like that? Uh, uh, yeah, the. Uh, you got to be creative and get down and find yeah. a spot. There's just no other way, right? No, no. You're not sitting with it up in the tree stand up there no. with you or anything. <laughs> no, you, you definitely bag and keep it up with you by any means or okay. something like that. So. I know crude questions. I just like it's something I've never read about that I had to ask since I'm going to be spending a lot of time in a tree stand. So, okay, I've got to get my system all in order then to go come whitetail hunting out in the Midwest. Yeah, I'm I'm going to tell you to to not – not go to BW3s and eat 24 mango habanero wings the night before you come here because chances are that might get you about 1 o'clock in the afternoon the next day. Uh, Then, you know, you're going to have to unhook your harness and go down and – and, and there's nothing worse than having to do that in the woods anyway. And in and, and Ohio, it's all, you know, it's going to be all oak and maple leaves. And I mean, it just, yeah, I always bring toilet paper with me just in case, because yeah, if you ever have to use oak leaves or maple leaves, I, it's just, it's not good. I, mean, oh, I want to be one with nature though. Well, I mean, Hey, you, <laughs> you can go for it. You can send it and you can, you can get the full experience. I mean, that's totally up to you. Uh, I run the toilet paper in my backpack system. Okay. But, I'll probably uh, run that too. Yeah. I, I try to eat, uh, try to eat pretty clean and stay away from that. Um, yeah, it definitely, it's nice to not have to do that, but sometimes, I mean, Hey, you know, uh, when the time calls, it calls and you just, you have to do it. But, uh, you, you just, you try to not be like one of my buddies and get down and, 
jumping a creek bottom and your bow is up in a tree and you get done doing number two and you jump back up on the flat where your stand is and 20 yards away there's a buck making a scrape and, and it's a good one and your bow's up in your tree and you're 10 yards from the tree and you know you, you just hope that that's not the scenario that you put yourself in but that uh it does uh it does happen I oh mean, uh, i swear god's got a sense of humor right oh, because yeah. that is when yeah. you see a buck and i remember hunting washington state as a kid and um you know you're hunting the thick brush and you're busting it all day and a lot of days you don't even see deer and i think we were hunting elk there and, and sure enough nature called and no big deal and set your bow down your pack down and go find a spot over the hill and sure enough, you just get in position where things are going to go right, and all of a sudden you have an elk walk by you, yeah. uh, like in bow range, and your bow's up the hill. Like it's just uh, it's, somebody's got a sense of humor upstairs. Like <laughs> I swear, they're uh, uh, it's funny how when you let your guard down, stuff happens. But um, well, that won't happen to me. I'll be all regular. I'll uh, I'll be all prepared. But crude question, but I just had to ask. It's uh, some of the comedy part of whitetail hunting that I that I haven't had a chance to sit down with somebody and ask yeah no no that's uh that's a good question i mean it's um you know maybe i'll maybe i'll pitch an article about uh just about that whole technique uh somewhere down the line i mean no one's really written about that maybe maybe that's a good uh, good blog topic or something i can you know pitch to a magazine here or there hey you know this is tips and techniques on you know how to poop and pee in the woods when you're white <laughs> the tree. Yeah, this is what i do and yeah. you, know, you never know it might be uh might help somebody out. Well, I'm just glad I know you're so sick for whitetails. I thought you were going to tell me I had to bring my own bag or my own containers. <laughs> I going to go, I don't know what I'm signing up for here. Uh, but, no, I'm really looking forward to get out and, and matching wits with those whitetails. And I'm going to count on a, a lot of your knowledge out there. But it, it'll be a fun trip out there, and I can't wait. Like, I've got to get my first whitetail buck with my bow. This is killing me. So the Midwest and having that experience is, is just as cool as you coming out west here me going you know out to the midwest and being able to experience all that and, and sit in the tree stand and take it all in and a different challenge for me where i gotta hold still and stay in the tree all day and so um i'm, I'm really looking forward to it man i think it'll be fun yeah no it'll definitely it'll be a uh, it'll, it'll be a good uh it, it'll be fun and it's one of those hunts where it's it's you know it's like me coming out here i mean you go chase bears or elk or muleys or antelope, whatever. I mean, it's just a totally different, you know, totally different. And that's what I fell in love with was it's just so different. And, and it's such a, it's a adrenaline rush, but it's a different adrenaline rush because, you know, your heart's racing from going on these stocks and, and climbing hills and going up over the saddles and up there the bear appears and you're already out of breath. And then, you know, on the, on the flip side for you, um, you're sitting there and you might be in a tree. It's, 11 o'clock and you're half asleep and all of a sudden oh my god here comes this buck busting through a thicket chasing a, a doe grunting and carrying on you know the entire way i mean it's just it's going to be a totally different you know scenario versus spot and stock where you're sneaking up on a muley and he has no clue you're there versus this white tail that might come you know like i said flying out of this thicket with a hot doe in front of him and i mean the woods just breaks loose. I mean, you might have seven, eight bucks chasing this doe around in a 20 acre thicket. I mean, it's just, you know, all hell breaks loose and it's just complete chaos for a couple minutes. And maybe you get to stick an arrow in you, maybe you don't, but I mean, it just, it'll be a totally different uh, adrenaline rush for you. And it'll, it'll be fun to, to hear you kind of, you know, commentate on what it was like and, and, you know, what, what, what was kind of going through your mind when all this has taken place. Uh, yeah, it'll be fun. You'll definitely get to see a lot of deer and, and hopefully get to experience the full rut and, Hopefully uh, you're bringing one back to Montana, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I hope so. But I, 
I just love like different experiences that, that bow hunting can take you. And I try to just embrace those experiences. And I like as many different ones as I can get. And I've always said to be the most skilled hunter out there, you know, not that I'm trying to be the most skilled hunter, but to, to really further, you know, your skill set in, in hunting, like you have to take on different species and you have to take on different terrains and different landscapes. And so I try to embrace as much of that as I can. And I know there's so many guys that hunt whitetails and I, I've hunted them out West here a little bit and gained a little experience, but it'll be so different to be in the Midwest and doing it. But I just love that, whether it's coos deer in Arizona, whether it's bears here, whether it's, you know, elk or mule deer in these different high country states or mule deer in the desert or, or mule deer on the winter range or, or whatever it is, you know, and this year I'm going Alaska caribou and last year was Alaska moose. And so I'm just trying to gain as many experiences as I can. And I really think wealth is measured by the experiences you have in this life. And so I'm just always trying to go for it and trying to get more of these experiences in. And, and, uh, and, and that's, you know, I don't think you get done with your life and think, boy, I sure wish I would have worked more. I sure wish I had more money and, and money's important. It's a necessary thing in today's day and age, but I really think experiences are king, like to be able to experience different things in this life and take it all in and, and really enjoy it. And then, you know, be able to tell the story. I love this podcast that I can share this story and people actually want to listen to it, but, but just to share these experiences and this knowledge that you gain, I mean, man, that's everything to me. And I know it's everything to you too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, for me coming out here to country I've never seen and you know, growing up, I always wanted to be, you know, oh, it was always whitetails and, and turkeys, and that's all the magazines I got was, you know, like your, your deer and deer hunting and your, your different magazines that are just, you know, kind of steered towards the hunting I was doing in the Midwest. And then I started getting, you know, like uh, Easton's Bow Hunting Journal and, and, and started looking, and I'm like, my gosh, you know, you, you see these elk and muleys, and you're like, man, I just, you know, I'd love to just one time go out and do that. So then you go out and do it and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to do this every year. I mean, just the adventure and the different landscape and different scenery and different style of hunting. And it's just, you know, I know right now that the hot hashtag is, you know, sick for, but honestly, that's, that's how you describe it. I mean, you just become to where that's just all you think about. You're just sick for it, whether it's muleys or elk or for me, it's not even really a species out here. It's just hunting out west in general. I mean, I'm just absolutely sick for it. I just, I love it. It's, you know, the scenery, what you see, you know, the, I mean, the small towns and just the different, I mean, everything, everything about out here is so different from, you know, back home in Ohio. It just, I just, I love it. It's just such a great experience from top to bottom. And then when you do get to punch a tag, I mean, obviously that's icing on the, on the cake, but Every year I try to plan, you know, last couple of years, it's been a couple of trips, you know, heck, I haven't even left this trip yet. And we're already talking about coming out and hunting antelope here in a couple of months. So, I mean, it's like, it's just a never ending, uh, never ending thing for me. I'm constantly thinking about how I can get back out here to, to go chase something around out in the West, whatever state it may be, you know, and uh, just, you know, you, you really are, you just become sick for it. There's no other way to really explain it. Yeah, for sure. Um, you do. And, and when you are lucky enough to, to be able to harvest an animal. And it took me, you know, I, my first year in Montana, I harvested a bull with my bow, but then I went a couple, two, three years without doing it. And I remember bears, uh, you know, I, I'd harvested one with my rifle way back in the day with a buddy. And then, and then all of a sudden I, I took on this new challenge of a bow and it took me 
three seasons of figuring it out. And I know, you know, I've had seasons like you were talking whitetails. I had one year where I hunted over 50 days out of a 60 day season. Like I, I just so crazy to get one, but then you start to get it figured out and success starts to come. I antelope are the same way. I I've killed 10 or 11 in a row now with my bow, but I went three years without filling my tag, just trying to learn and you got to pay your dues and you got to gain that experience. And then success starts to come. But when success does come, um, it means so much to us guys. And, you know, I can only talk from my personal experience, but I know when I harvest an animal, you know, and any animal I shoot, I'm really happy with a mule deer, elk, bear, whatever it is. But I know that success sticks with me. I, through the entire year till the next season, like I, I, I just love that, 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 that I accomplished that goal. And I'll look back at the pictures of bunch and I'll look back at the pictures of the hunt and I'll remember that scenario. And then you, you get it back from the taxidermist or what a European mount or mount, whatever you get, but you just appreciate it so much. It means so much to us. And, and I love, I love it when you're, when you're able to be successful and accomplish your goals, when you put in all that hard work and it pays off, it, it just, um, it, it's a feeling I, I can't get that feeling in anything else in life like that. That is success to me. And I, you know, m- making a good paycheck or, you know, that's important and you need to support your family and your household. But um, there is nothing like killing a, a giant buck in the woods that you worked really hard for on public land, self-guided. That is the absolute ultimate for me. You know, I just love that. And I know same for you and other guys too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, especially on, um, you know, Western big game on public ground, I mean, it's just the variables and, and what you could run into and, and the things that could go wrong when it, when the stars do align and you finally do get to punch a tag. I mean, you sit back and, you know, you just think, wow, you know, I just did something that so many guys are going to attempt to do this year and not get it done. And it's just, you know, you just feel so fortunate that you were one of the lucky guys that year to, to get it done because, I mean, not everybody that carries a bow up into the mountains and a pack with a tenon is, you know, on his back is going gonna, is gonna to fill a tag. And there's lots of them that aren't. But when you're that guy that gets to, you know, punch that tag and you get to walk out and make that long hike back to your truck and, you, you know, you've got your buck on your back or your bear or whatever it is, I mean, you just feel like you're on top of the world. I mean, that's just a feeling that you're, you're like you said, you're going to think about for the entire rest of the year. And then, when the next year comes, it's like, man, you're just sick for it to get back out there and gain that feeling again. It's like that's just, just constant every year. You want to be in that moment. You want to feel that, you know, that sense of pride and, and that sense of just pure passion and joy when it all comes together and you do get to punch a tag. And, you know, like you said, it's not going to happen every year. And there's a lot of guys that, man, they got to work at it three, four, five years to, you know, get it accomplished. But, man, once you finally do, it's just like it, there's nothing. There's nothing like it. There really isn't. No, there isn't. Um, well, I have to tell you, I had a really fun time hunting, hunting with you this week. Uh, you know, I told you once through the podcast, but you have such a great attitude on hunting. Um, you're so intelligent, your different theories had fun talking with you and hanging out with you this week. And, and, uh, I can't wait to have more adventures with you. Um, wish we would have got that bear this week, but, uh, we'll get them eventually. We just got to keep after it. Um, uh, so really fun to have you here and, and have you bear hunt and have you experience this and, and, and to see your excitement and to see it through your eyes uh, of seeing all this stuff in mountain ranges and in wildlife, you know, for the first time out here was, was really cool, man. I had a good time. 
Yeah, I, I can't thank you enough. Can't thank you and, and, and the wife. And you know, we got to hang out with the kids. And I mean, it the whole the whole experience. It was just you know, I'm blessed to be able to do this stuff and to make you know the friendships and connections I've made in the hunting you know world. And it's like you you know we met on social media and, and got to talking and did the podcast. And you know now we're you know we're texting back and forth about different stuff. You know, whitetails in Ohio and bears here and and planning hunts and getting to hunt together. And it's just you know you become become good buddies like you've been buddies your whole life and it's just it's you know it's that's part of the whole experience and that's really honestly what uh what matters more so than punching a tag is just friendships and and good times and you know had such a blast coming out here and you know got to meet you know a bunch of bunch of you know your dad and your buddies and got to go to the taxidermist that you go to and you know hanging out with the wife and kids like i said just the whole deal was uh was awesome can't uh, can't thank you enough and definitely looking forward to the next go around we got you know we got muleys to kill and antelope, and hopefully a big whitetail for you here in the rut uh, come uh, when Ohio season comes in. So it's uh, it's going to be fun, that's for sure. Yeah, well, similar passions like that seems to be all my friends I gravitate towards. And so when you meet guys that are so passionate about hunting, uh, instantly you just hit it off, and you're and your friends, and you're talking back and forth, and uh, it, it it keeps you connected because you're always talking about the next adventure, the next thing you want to do. So you you definitely a guy with similar passions as I have, and so that's where we were able to connect. But um, yeah, thanks a bunch, uh, Clinton, and uh, thanks a bunch for for the podcast. Uh, you know, we already covered an hour here it went by quick so we got to get you to your plane before we miss that and then you got to stay for another week and hunt bears boy that uh, that sounds terrible i sure hope we don't get a oh sure we don't get a flat tire and i missed that plane that would be boy that'd be awful after call work and tell him hey guess what gotta stay in montana until next week sorry I, i'm stranded no flights yeah. coming out i just there's uh, yeah. nothing i can do yep i i don't understand it bozeman uh, the airport told me there are no flights going to pittsburgh and that's just the closest airport to me so i don't know what to tell you i'm gonna have to wait till uh looks like next friday <laughs> well uh good deal thanks again clinton we'll uh keep in touch and talk to you soon man absolutely as always thanks again brad yep all right guys that's an episode um really fun to sit down with clint like i say that guy's just a ball of energy uh fun to hunt with him too uh really knowledgeable and and adapts to the situation we're in and and he's always going for it and always willing to walk uh, we walked a ton of miles and so uh really fun being able to hunt with him and and i'm really looking forward to to embarking on a new adventure and and uh going out to the midwest and hunting whitetails i've hunted them a little bit around montana but i just don't have much experience with it and so it'll be fun um just to do something different and uh go experience something that you know the hunting whitetails is the most popular thing across the United States. And so, um, you know, I want to try to experience it for, for what it is and, and go over there during the rut and, and sit in a stand and, and do what I'm supposed to do over there to, to harvest a whitetail. So that'll be a fun trip. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, thanks for Clint, uh, for, for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. And uh, with that, oh, Zeiss is the the sponsor today. Uh, make sure to give them a look, you guys. Like I say, I just I couldn't be more impressed with their high end optics, their binos, and their their spotting scopes. And and uh, you know, I hear really good things about their rifle scopes and and what they're doing with those. And and just a great company. So thanks to those guys for sponsoring the podcast. Again, we're running that promo code at Eastman's uh, Elevated Six One Seven. We'll get you both magazines for twenty bucks. Um, and, and again, we got our 13th uh, issue coming out. I got that article in there inside the red zone. I'm really proud of, and 
and just a bunch of new articles I'm I'm working on and writing on. Um, right now, I'm trying to get out a couple articles um, this weekend uh, because I leave um, inside of two weeks, not this Friday, but next Friday, I leave for Alaska. And, and man, am I pumped. I'm just uh, ready to cut these legs loose with my bow and, and go do some bow hunting and, and do what I absolutely love. And so uh, it's going to be really fun. And I got to make another trip or two down to Idaho, you know, I'd been scouting Idaho, I just haven't found the the bucks I'm looking for, but, you know, Idaho's a big state, and anytime you're learning a, another state, you just, you got to put everything into it, and I, um, you, you got to travel around, look at different units, look at different spots, so I'm just fortunate where I have this general tag that I can go hunt multiple different units, and so, um, I don't know how many hours I have into scouting lately, but uh, I think I've got Google Earth memorized for the whole state of Idaho, and, and, and Onyx Maps, I've been using them a bunch for my scouting. They've just cha- changed the way I look at things, and but uh, really looking into Idaho and breaking down units and where I'm going to backpack in and what I'm going to look at, and i got to squeeze another couple scouting trips down there and, and find these bucks, but... Um, I'll, I'll make it happen. This is part of the fun and part of the journey is, is just learning new areas and new country and trying to break them down and figure them out. And so, um, there's big bucks somewhere in Idaho feeding right now. And, and, uh, I'm going to give it all I have to try to find them. And so a couple more scouting trips and then starting to plan out the hunt and how that's going to go and how many days I'm going to take, but just a, a really exciting time of year, you know, planning out these fall hunts and, and, uh, uh, I just uh, I couldn't be more happy. I'm coming into season totally healthy, no injuries, legs feel great. Been been trail running like a madman, shooting a bunch. Bows are shooting great. Um, I'm I'm just ready. It's uh it's it's time to it's time to cut loose and and go for a season here. So so I'm Jack. Try to chase my dreams and my goals and and ambitions and um. I know it's going to be tough, and I'm preparing for it to be extremely tough, the toughest thing I do all year, but, uh, man, I just really want to want to fill out on my tags this year and, and uh, harvest some, some quality critters, and, and uh, man, I just can't wait. I know you guys are getting excited, too, and so well, I just really appreciate all the support, you guys. I, I know I've been trying to figure out some of this audio here the last... Um, couple episodes so um i think i've got everything dialed in here finally and feel really good about things um man has it been a learning process i i wouldn't think it'd take me 48 episodes but uh i'm gonna get everything dialed in and and uh get everything up to par and really quality audio and i just got my mind set on it you know and so i'm just trying to learn as much as i can i'm just um i'm just a a big dumb bow hunter trying to figure it all out so uh watching as many youtubes as i can and uh reading as 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 much as i can on audio and and then had a buddy help me out able to talk to a sound guy and talking to the the gal in there at eastman's Lindsay, who um, does all the video and she's really good with audio so running things by her so making some changes here and there which changes are always scary when you get used to the programs you're using but uh it's all it's all for the 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 best of the podcast and and uh making this as quality as i can make it so really excited about that here coming up um i wish uh i wish skype would uh gosh it seems like sometimes that skype and your internet connection is the problem you know so i just got to do more live recordings so um excuse me i just got to um, it's so fun to travel around and get people on the podcast live. I enjoy that face-to-face and that interaction more than anything. But, you know, right now as we're growing the podcast and um, not everybody lives in, in uh, Ennis, Montana or close by. So 
Um, you know, we've got to try to record some of these on Skype, but for the most part, inter- internet connection's been pretty good, and um, everybody's pretty crisp and clear, but uh, anyways, I'm rambling on here. Um, let's end this thing. I'll check in with you guys next week. Keep working hard towards your goals. Really appreciate the support, you guys, on on uh, all the social media and the downloads, and, and uh, really appreciate the um, reviews on iTunes. That really helps me out, and, and uh, we're growing this podcast, and so just really excited about the direction of where it's going and really cool things coming up. I, I definitely want to do some live recordings this year in the field and on the hunt and try to capture my emotion right then and there, you know, during the hunt and then also afterwards. And, and uh, so I'm just really excited about some of the things we're working on and some of the things we're doing. Can't thank Eastman's enough for all their support and helping me out. So uh, with that, let's end this thing and I'll check in with you guys next week.